0: Are we in? Are you ready? Yeah, am I in? Yeah, I mean, I think so. Okay. Well, it sounds like we're recording. I can edit all this out. Okay. No, keep it. <clears throat> okay, fine. Welcome, listeners. Um, I have Steph here with me. I'm going to say longtime friend, even though we actually haven't known each other for that long, but I feel like you're a longtime friend. Longtime
1: um, online friend.
0: Longtime online friend, cross-country BFFs, and um you are somebody that knows quite a bit about these things compared to people who are just like scrolling through Instagram and see all sorts of just crazy posts that are typically very one way or the other like one side versus the other side i feel like that's a lot of what people are
1: seeing on well just to um in context we're talking about oh yeah we're talking well <laughs> known news event happening between Israel and Palestine mm-hmm. and more importantly I would say the US role in pulling the strings with all of this or kind of setting the ground but um what I noticed well usually with this stuff I try not to post or go on social media because I don't want to add another voice to you know the mountain of people spewing nonsense um but I feel like it's been very aggravating to see the country, my state, which is New York, um, other countries all in some way defend Israel in connection with defending Jews. And there was a couple of people who I really looked up to that I saw on Instagram uh, who shut off comments, who I, it was just, um, it was a post that was like your jewish friends are hurting right now reach out to them or something like that and it was so common and i started to, and it was so misrepresentative of if only just me who I, I know it's not just me but if at least one jewish person uh is you know aware of what's really happening. And understands how destructive Israel and the West has been to Palestine. Um, that it's important to speak up because it's also, in a twisted way, dangerous to conflate Israel with Judaism because it might turn into anti Semitism, which has, to be quite honest, nothing to do with the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, and it never has. Um, And so I see a lot of people posting, um, and my audience is biased. Like, obviously, I follow a lot of Jewish people just because, you know, of my surroundings. Um, And I was kind of shocked that instantly, um, you know, as soon as news of an attack on... um, Israel happened, I think it was October 7th, that people were just posting like one person posted a Jewish arm was like sorry, not sorry. And it was just like such a twisted, you know. And it wouldn't really bother me except it has huge global repercussions um, with regards to how we live in America because of all of the money that we've been giving to Israel uh, the past few decades to beef up that section of the world and our presence there which could have otherwise gone to you know healthcare, etc um but also it it really is um it's really mostly it's been i mean it's no secret that i'm not a fan of the mainstream media and that they have a certain bias towards neoliberalism and And skewing facts in such a way that the U.S. doesn't look terrible. But from what I've seen, and I I don't even follow that many, but The Atlantic, um, New York Magazine, it's um, not just that they are misframing the issue as being, um, you know, you must support Israel or you're trash. It's also attacks on the left. There was like there was an article I think it was yesterday from Eric Levitt at New York Magazine like directly calling out the left and saying you need to pick your fights you're wrong um, and uh, there was another one that said you know the left needs to know that not all causes are worth fighting for and like it's a very misplaced argument that if not if people don't speak out against it and clear the record which is the only reason I've been going on social media at all, um, is one that will just continue to perpetuate. And as I was saying off air, there's a lot happening right now as we speak. And I think it's important to know that there's mass protests. Um, I would say the overall theme of this, the overall takeaway of this whole conversation is that you can't rely on mainstream corporate media. And I even found in my research sites that demonstrate this incredibly well. And and university studies that show the way the media purposely has misled Americans for its entire existence. And not just Americans, the West. Um, and what's happening right now are massive protests around the world. And... Uh, most of which I, again, I have a biased feed. Most of which seem to be pro-Palestine or pro-human rights or anti-violence or de-escalation. You know, um, and even I saw a post not ten minutes ago that the NYPD is fighting back heavily against pro-Palestinian protesters in Times Square, and I and that's happening all around the world. I don't know direct, you know, I don't know exact countries, but I know it's happening in France, where they outright banned pro-Palestine protests, and they were met with police presence because they showed up anyway. Um, All of that to say, um, it's important to know the context and, and to know how the media and our education has primed us to pit ourselves against each other. And blindly follow a certain narrative um, to the point where we don't... A lot of people seem to not even really understand through no fault of their own um, the, how dangerous it is to perpetuate a message that can lead to war. So, um, yeah, I I read one sentence just to start this off and also to serve as just a general sentiment i read this quote and if i can speak a second to reliable media sources something i realized recently um is that there are certain sites or 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 um outlets that are you know generally considered reliable like the times washington like you know associated press and what's extra pernicious about that is that the real quote unquote news sites of which i follow a couple are hard to find and very very readily dismissed by people that i refer to those sites as this doesn't look legit which is of course by design um they don't have the resources um and so with that in mind this quote um okay the conflict the israeli-palestinian conflict is presented as an ancient and bitter fight between two peoples or two religions based on irreconcilable and mutual hatred. In fact it is a convenient lie that lets the real sources of the conflict imperialism and colonialism off the hook and um, I'm still learning what's true and what's not and so it's it's really hard to, expect your average American to go out of their way to unlearn or even acknowledge that maybe what they've been taught is untrue. Because, at least for me, this this has happened on two fronts. One, my view of the American government, which I had been taught and up until 2016, inherently believed to be a democracy. That there was that the two party system was you know the best thing since sliced bread, and then the other hand, the other uh, layer to it is my my Hebrew school education, which was luckily in mostly Hebrew, which I don't understand, um, and so I I don't think it was as effective as you know Jewish day school or. Etc., et with kind of brainwashing me in ways that I see a lot of people that I you, thought very differently of um, on Instagram. Uh, I think the Israel narrative has been presented like we Jews need a safe haven against all the haters, basically. Like, this is like an, like, we are constantly under attack, and like, you know, Israel. It must be defended at all costs, etc. And that's another layer that I'm starting to unlearn, which is like the way the the Israel that I've been taught about ha- is should never have been part of my religious education. A, but B, it was, and it was heavily Israel focused. Like I remember one of the teachers saying that we can't watch CNN because they said something bad about Israel. And I I didn't watch CNN until like 20 years after I learned that or 10 years, whatever. Because it's just, you know, I think it's important because there are so many people speaking out there and no one knows who to trust. And I think it's important just to briefly set the record straight with regard to facts, and I say that not, I mean, I, I, I'll leave any political bias or um, arguable statistics or flowery language out of it because I do just want, like, but I have to acknowledge that a lot of the reason the left in the United States uh, has been repressed Is because, what do you mean by repressed? Maybe I mean, in yeah, in this context, I well, I basically mean just what happened to Bernie, for instance. They're they're pushed out and blamed for um, a lot of their positions, especially now, um, for daring to stand up for for Palestine or, you know, breaking away from the party line in with the Democrats and i think what's on our side and i say our is just the moral and sorry there are helicopters for like the past hour and i they hear you talking i mean <laughs> i'm 30 minutes from the city where as we speak there's police action or quote unquote heavy police action against pro palestinian protesters right now um And so uh, anyway, it's unnerving. But all of that to say, while I don't want to bring political bias into this, I do feel that what will win in the end is the moral high ground. And I think ultimately, when one person looks at this situation, they can't rely on one other person or groupthink. They need to think for themselves what they think based on the facts. And I don't... And so, for me, the way I view my Judaism, which is what I've been taught, is to stand up for those who are oppressed and speak out against injustice when you see it. And what's happening now is is unjust. And so, you know, take it for a grain of salt, take it with a grain of salt, but um, it is something that since 2014... Um, I've been keeping an eye on and trying to, you know, put my voice out there when possible just because I don't like seeing sweeping statements about American Jews and what we think. Um, and I think it's not uncommon. I don't think I'm, you know, alone in this. I just think the younger generation is much more like myself in that they see the injustice in it and don't have the you know prior immersion in the pro-israel education system so anyway let's start at the beginning do you have any questions i mean 10 billion questions i think or um, about what i just said that was all basically a disclaimer to say (laughs) i am very untrust like there's a lot of misinformation going around and i i it's so cliche at this point to be like okay that's fake news that's fake there's no babies who are being decapitated. I mean, I'm I'm seeing um, a lot of very public figures that I previously admired, you know, blindly, frantically reposting lies. You know, that's, that's interesting that
0: you say that the baby's getting decapitated because I saw two posts this morning from like celebrities, not like influencer type celebrities, but people who I would not think would be like, um, who would who would be cautious about what they're posting? I guess, and they post. And I saw two people post that today. Are we
1: naming names?
0: No, I don't think we need to. I think it, okay. people get the gist of you know, um, because I think that this is everywhere. Because I've also seen that that type of language put all over the place. Oh yeah. But I just mean it, it was interesting that you that you mentioned that that horrific example of something that's being posted because I happened to see two of those this morning. And um and I don't know when they actually posted it, but I just happened to see it. And I and I thought like, because I don't know, I don't know as much, which is why I'm having you on here, because I think a lot of us don't know. Um I mean, that's crazy for that to be a claim that's being made. Whether it's true or not, that's, that's crazy. And so um, that's just interesting that you bring that up. I mean, I feel like we can start there with the with extreme language that is being that people are claiming is happening, not to say that there is not atrocities happening, and that people being civilians being murdered because of a war, like anytime that's happening. FYI, that's bad. So not to say that, like, oh, just because this one specific thing isn't happening. And all of these other terrible things are happening. Doesn't make those other terrible things okay. But I think that let's just start there. Really inflammatory, strong, crazy claims that are being made about, you know, quote unquote, the realities of what's going on in that area. So can can you talk about like what you have found, if you found stuff that's kind of debunking that Um, and then, you know, to follow up the reason why that language is being perpetuated around on social media and in, I'm assuming, in news outlets as well.
1: So I, I wish I had found the specific debunking posts, but um, what, see, you say like, I, I know more or I know, you know, I know the history, but each like claim that's made is so recent and so motivated on... I would say from what I've seen and the people I follow from Jews and other typically um, quote unquote neutral and biased journalism. And I don't, I don't want to name specific journal. Like, you know, it it was something of the caliber of the New York times, but not the times, but it was something traced back to that. And it's, I mean, you know, there is the language used around the whole situation is misunderstood. For instance, Hamas is not a terrorist group. Hamas is the elected government of Palestine. And they were elected in 2006 and haven't had an election since. But there was a poll from March 2023 that if an election were to occur today, the two main parties which are Hamas and the secular Fatah um Fatah that Hamas would still win and i it's it's a uh, it doesn't matter what which party is you know we don't know about Palestinian politics but like the fact that the Palestinians chose these people as their government and then Hamas has been I would say purposely misrepresented as a terrorist group. um, So that certain war or certain actions can potentially, but that's stretching it be justified um, if they're designated a terrorist group. But. Can you give, can you,
0: can you give, if you don't have like a, a super specific example or researched example that's fine but i'm just thinking for people who are like me where we don't i don't know really anything about the conflict other than learning from a young age that israel and palestine hate each other and you know you know what i mean so for super yeah. super layperson terms can you give like some type of example of like what you mean when you say something being justified
1: so i saw a good example or like Uh, I'm hesitant to bring it up, but, but there was an example, comparing it to the treatment of black people in America. It's um, the term was, I can't find the exact term, but basically it was slow. It was the slow settlement uh, and removal, something like that of the indigenous people, which by design is slow. And by design, is not really covered in the way it should be by the media. So, for instance, for the Black Lives Matter movement, you don't hear much um, about the killings and unsolved "quote unquote" mysteries of murdered Black and Indigenous people in America. But we came here. We call—I don't want to say we. Uh, America colonized this area and has been ever since for the past 200 300 years slowly killing and displacing the indigenous people who were here and so especially when it comes to the treatment of black people i would say that's an apt comparison to the way the media treats the israeli palestinian conflict the palestinians being the indigenous or in this case in this analogy, the Black Native people. So I read something interesting that, and again, I'm still unlearning a lot of this and I really like, um, there's stuff I, I, I come across that like completely at a moment's notice reshapes my entire vision of what it's all about. And so it really, it's not the centuries and millennia long story of Muslims versus Jews that we've been told that is um, it really, this is about colonialism and imperialism and power. And so from what I read while I was fact checking is that Palestine at the time of world war one was controlled entirely by the British empire And in what can only be described as really, you know, a boardroom meeting, a meeting of negotiators for different countries after the war, when they split up the countries in the Middle East and Africa um, to serve their needs, Palestine went to the British. And, you know, I I won't go through it, but it really started in 1948 in... um, in May 1948, up until then, Jews had been kind of going to Palestine from Europe to escape anti-Semitism. And um, I'm not sure what the numbers were, but by the time Hitler came into power in 1933, there was more and more Jews moving to that area um, to escape Germany and Poland, etc. cetera. Um, and I don't know how to pronounce it, but basically... The state when the state of Israel was formed, the Palestinians referred to it as Nakba, which is, um, kind of the turning point in, in the conflict. And ever since then, so that was 1948, ever since then, um, it, it doesn't matter by who, all Western powers, you know, the Britain, United States, primarily the United States has played the biggest role in supporting Israel and the suppression of Palestinians. But ever since then, they've been systematically and with increasing frequency forced from their property, which is apartheid. Um, I read that apartheid is the step below genocide, which calls for the eradication of uh, indigenous people rather than just maltreatment and you know, I don't know. It's what happened in South Africa. So just today, there are statements from the Israeli foreign minister, from President Biden, from Anthony Blinken, all essentially supporting Israel's decision when it declared, let me get this correct, the Israeli defense minister, Yoav. Golant made clear that the Israeli military intends to treat Palestinian civilians as subhuman quote unquote, we are fighting human animals. Okay. Um, and so basically the language that I just quoted from the Israeli foreign minister, I'm sorry, the Israeli defense minister, has been parroted by Western leaders around the country, around the world. Um, And so that includes Germany, that includes France, that includes the United States. It's remarkable. Um, And remember that, remember what I just said, which is that they are referring to the Palestinians as subhumans. A, and and honestly, I just somehow connected it now is how what happened with the Jews in the Holocaust. And I really don't think that the Holocaust or Judaism has any place in this discussion, nor does, I guess, the Muslim religion uh, or the Palestinian people, for that matter. Um, but it does ring true. So, you see in the UK and, and in Paris and in New York, all these buildings lighting up white and blue for Israel. And it's not something I've seen since 9 11, which, I mean, I was in seventh grade, so I can't, I didn't physically see what was happening uh, that I remember. But a lot of people now are are calling back to nine eleven to nine twelve to say like, okay, we need to all take a second and realize that we're about to get into a war, and it is we, um, for a misconception in this case, or rather in, in the prior case being that Iraq had weapons of mass destruction.
0: One of the interesting things to me is how And I think this is a big part of the reason why it's so confusing for people is um, that there's so much language that's really, really, really strong language about Hamas being a terrorist organization, which that's all that I've been seeing, again, from people who are, you know, kind of somewhat high profile um, in the sense that they have a big platform. And when I when they speak about human rights issues, they are speaking for human rights, like they they are very much in favor of you know, accepting all people and, um, you know, being just being open in general and not having, um, you know, kind of destructive views on how we should treat people. And so so I think what's so confusing is that they they are sharing this language about Hamas being a terrorist organization. And so because they seem like a trusted source, it's so interesting that they are sharing this kind of conf- what's what you're saying is um inflammatory language that's that's not true and it's created by design to be that way. And then also I'm seeing a ton of comparisons naturally to the Holocaust. Um and you know you're saying that 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 there shouldn't be um the the a mention of the Holocaust or comparison to the Holocaust doesn't really have a place in this, um, in this discussion. And um, so it's just so interesting how there's, there's just so much back and forth and confusion and like, you know, these people who are sharing this like really, really strong language and these strong comparisons on social media are um, maybe totally misguided. And not the people that you would think it's not the people who are like always sharing kind of the scare tactic type of language or social media posts where they're like Mm. trying to stir things up and trying to cause all of this like discord and, um, and, uh, trying to keep people feeling separated from each other when we should be working together. And so it's just really interesting to have those, to see that really inflammatory language by people that, you know, I would assume would not be sharing that sort of stuff.
1: I also would not have expected a lot of these people and uh, to be blanket defending Israel in this case. And I know that they did so without fact checking because much of what they're saying is very like hyper, or it's more. Um, it's turning into this is a persecution of the Jews, and mm-hmm. I'll and I don't care. I I think um, as Jews, we're very primed to believe that like we are perpetual victim or like potentially perpetually victims of um, anti-Semitism or how everyone's against us. And, you know, and what's interesting is that like, you know, as I work on myself as a person and, you know, I recognize sometimes like in certain scenarios regarding like my family or something, how I, that often frames my mindset as a victim in that life happens to me and like, Oh, it's so unfair. And instead of like, I'm creating a victim narrative in my head and I did. And I, I really, I'm surprised at how deeply entrenched it is in Jews of all professions ages, um, you know, education background that are immediately, for lack of a better term, playing the Jew card. And I don't understand why. Um, I think it's because in hard times, which this country and the rest of the world is experiencing, people feel unheard and like that they're obviously their needs aren't being met their government's not listening to them um and so i think this presented an opportunity for a lot of people to post i don't want to i don't want to speculate as to reasons but to post all their pictures from israel and like you know all these like flowery quotes about how the jews have always been they've People have always been trying to kill us, but we always come back. And it's it doesn't matter whether that's true, because what's happening now has nothing to do with Judaism. And in fact, I would say it has more to do with Christian fascism or Christian colonialism, which is just a term I learned recently, so I don't feel comfortable throwing it around. But But basically... Based on the people that I've seen posting blindly about the issue, it it's really, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't square my mind with how they would react to any other situation. And it almost seems like they don't want to know. Um, but I have to say, going into the comments in, in these has been very heartening. Like regardless if it's a news platform or, I mean, like a news outlet or a person, whatever all of the comments under posts that are you know calling out leftists or saying how could you support you know decapitating babies um they're all well most of what i've seen are well thought out and supportive palestinian posts who are not even trying to shade or hate on the poster they're saying i urge i urge you to see this or You know, I I disagree with you because, and it's incredible. I mean, assuming, I don't know how it works with the algorithm on Instagram with which comments come up first, but the ones on top seemingly have the most likes and they're the ones I haven't seen. I have yet to see one post. That I looked at the comments, where, for instance, in Atla- the Atlantic, I've f- i found to be especially egregious, and I will name the, I will name drop that with their reporting on this. And the comments have been incredibly heartwarming in the face of such biased and dangerous reporting. Um, it says here, and I'm not. This was today, sometime. That Joe Biden has promised weapons and funding and sent in the military equipment the military equivalent of quote unquote "the heavies" to make sure no one disturbs Israel as it carries out these war crimes. Okay, that was edited editorially by the writer. Um, but an aircraft the, it is fact that an aircraft carrier has been dispatched to the region to ensure quiet from Israel's neighbors as the ground invasion is launched. What's interesting is, Israel in this is really the same country as America and if and it's so interesting because if you look at the two parties the, it, rather made, to make it simple this is a business transaction the Middle East is oil rich and starting so to go back to where I was talking about World War one and World War Two and the British Empire it's really not a complicated story about how this started um I was reading there was um a free, a temporarily free book about Palestine and Israel that I downloaded. Um, And they were talking about how around the late 40s and 50s, politicians and the media started marketing the conflict as a Muslim-Jewish conflict. And that was a way to rile people up on both sides and gain, you know, kind of drum up the troops, especially in America, to support unquestioning, disgusting amounts of aid for Israel to defend itself, who is now a singular nuclear power in that region. Um, And what I was reading was, it has never been a Muslim-Jewish conflict. This has been um, a fight for the survival of an indigenous people. Um, And if you look at that, I mean, that famous map or rather four maps of decreasing Palestinian existence within the state of Israel, which I I did verify is true, um, has been a decades long, almost century long process of removal. And the reason is so bland and simple that I just, I don't, and so uh, in conflict with the Western narrative that it's hard to believe, which is just Israel is the center of America's empire. They need that spot. It's literally a board game. They need Israel and they need, um, it it just happens to be where the country's located. Um, And Israel, in exchange for all of America's, Tax-paying money going to weapons, etc. Let me find this quote because it's important. Israel has repaid these "quote unquote" gifts by playing a vital role in the U.S. strategy of regional and global domination. And so, what it comes down to is, in this, in the same way, the two-party system in America purposely. What's it called? pits one group of people against another, whether it be a party or or race, etc. It's, it's all a tactic to look away from what's actually happening. And I don't even think, honestly, until today, when I was looking this up and reading about it, I don't think I understood how dangerously large the U.S. empire is. Like, I'm not even fully comfortable, like, I'm not even used to really using the words U.S. empire because it's not even something I understood until maybe 10 years ago-ish. And I, it's often something that people don't talk about because it's so entrenched. I mean, it's so um, ingrained in our education and media system that to say otherwise is um, to be met with massive skepticism and ridicule, you know, and I don't blame it's not it's not even a matter of blame, but in the same way that maybe like five, ten years ago no one was really talking about the evils of capitalism. And today it's like second, you know, it's the second language. People just you know I let's just say like I'm not gonna sound like a clown if I, you know, start speaking against capitalism as, you know, the superior. Economic system of our age, um, and and I think that that's because when faced with certain undeniable truths, when and I guess in the case of capitalism in America, that undeniable truth are enough people are personally suffering because of capitalism to understand the cause of it, and I think that um, there's a lot of people, and I again, this sounds petty and vindictive. But I think a lot of people who have been rushing to judgment and maybe like something clicked in their mind about their Judaism and their ancestors to, you know, automatically and reflexively stand up for Israel are going to look back and maybe question that. Um, and I should say, my mom's side of the family, her mother, it was only survive, Well, her mother and her mother's mother the only surviving members after the Holocaust. So I'm not speaking from a place of of hypothesis. And I I really it's it's by design that the media and the government conflate Judaism with Israel. And I I never have felt the connection to Israel and I never really understood it. Um I've also I mean I've never been there either. So maybe that's why I'm less susceptible to it but you're
0: somebody that that somebody like me who is not jewish um i would assume that you would feel more of a connection you know to israel than like than i would
1: for example right and what i find personally very like and what i don't want to forget is this feeling of being wrongly represented for malicious purposes because it's not an accident that all of these politicians and, and news sources are using the word Jews, anti-Semitism, et cetera, it, it could not be less related. It could not be less related at all. And I think it's, it's dangerous for many reasons, but I think it's, to me, it hurt what hurts most is that I don't want to be remembered or I don't want Jewish Americans to be remembered at this time in history as having supported Israel Um, and equating or conflating Israel's actions with the actions of Jews. Um, And so, you know, it felt, and I don't know why this keeps sticking out, but one person who I follow, like a public person I follow on Instagram, wrote something, a beautiful defense of Jews who's, this person's not Jewish, but then turned off comments. And I wanted to strangle myself because I, all, I just, and when I can, I just, I mean, it's probably pointless or, you know, maybe it's just self-care that I'm posting, hello, I'm a Jew, just, you know, want to say, I don't agree with this at all. Um, And that the tenets of Judaism say that, you must speak out for the oppressed people. And that's why um, leftist Jewish groups in, in, well, at least in New York, are are spearheading, what's it called? The, all of the protests, all the organizing for um, the Jewish community to stand up for Palestine. Same thing they did for Black Lives Matter. It's because it, that's what, I'm not a religious person, but if anything, it's just a general moral compass that I, that I ascribe to. And I, the ongoing, uh, encroachment seems tame, but whatever. The encroachment is of Israel into Palestinian, into, into their lawful property. Um, which by the way, the United Nations, um, declared was an international war crime and that Israel has no right to that state, that the Palestinians have the right to return. They made this ruling, I think it was um, 1948, Uh, the UN passed a resolution stating that all refugees must be allowed to return and compensated for damages suffered reverting to the Palestinians. And and then parenthetically, Israel continues to defy the resolution to this day. And I think in America, we can compare that to our own government, which is also not really held accountable for what the UN has unequivocally and repeatedly called a violation of the Geneva Convention of Human, of human Rights. Um, you know, and and again, this is not something you'll see widely publicized. I mean, there was an entire report, for instance, that came out a couple years ago, two years ago, about the UN Commission on Human Rights violations by the American police force. And it was an incredibly alarming and like, disconcerting report about an outside and really like, step-by-step analysis of the way the police force in America violates the human rights of of Black people. And in the same way that nothing's going to happen because it's America, and because America is not held accountable, same goes Israel with the UN. And the details of how it happened, in the end, it, it really doesn't matter. But what matters is that even a the fact I would say is interesting to focus on the fact that it's not widely known that Hamas is not was not formed as a terrorist organization. Again, I'm not saying like these specific militants, it's just like any other country or group. you know well, I've like all I've been seeing about this
0: organization is that they're a terrorist organization, and that's from again, from, like people that I would assume because I haven't really been looking at anything in the news, because I don't think I'm going to find um, uh, real information in there that's not uh, that doesn't have an agenda, you know. Um, So just things that I have seen are that this is a terrorist organization and that they are raping women, con- hundreds and thousands of women constantly in the streets and Um, that all of these atrocities are being committed and you know so so it's hard to to pick through it and to know what what is and isn't happening because we're not there
1: so i've i've kind of like i've seen the numbers and you know i've seen people say this is you know this amount of babies were killed this amount of jews were killed blah 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 but and what i won't respond to with are the actual numbers of the amount of Palestinian children and people that have been point blank murdered by Israel in the past few decades, the numbers far. And like, it's a disgusting game to play online to say like, okay, well, you know, you say that, but this many Palestinian children, which there are hard data facts online for every, you know? And so, it's a it's a blip, and also something that's been missing in this conversation has been the fact that Hamas more than once has attempted to make a deal with Israel to essentially for a ceasefire to say, we just want you know to be left alone. Mm-hmm. And they say and is you know, it's happened multiple times and Israel does not keep that pact. And mm-hmm. so regardless of the specific events or people who carried out this attack um, in the name of the Palestinian government, I would suggest thinking about the people in Iraq and Afghanistan who were saying, who uh, I would say similarly looked at the U.S. government in a way that we are now talking about Hamas, with unquestioning questioning um, government officials change, government regimes change, so that's why it's it it's not worth getting into specifics. But it's as if, the it, and rightfully so, it's as if Iraqis or, or Afghanis, Afghanis referred to, you know, the Republican Party or the Democratic Party as a terrorist organization because we straight up went in and murdered without reason. And it's, I only say that to say, I, I think the argument of self-defense has way more merit than people are willing to give it. And I think that in times like this, where it becomes like a hot topic again, for good reason, it's important to not say, okay, but we can all agree that, you know, killing children is wrong. Because it is wrong and you, you don't need to say it, but also I think it's important to push past those who don't want to talk about the conflict in a bigger in a wider scope because this is 2014 all I think it was 2014 but it's the same thing i like it it feels so i mean hold on it's the same way it i feel the same way in in my aggravation i i don't know that the attacks i mean i believe these attacks must be worse um but um it's uh we're all going to forget about it and, and, you know, move on to the next thing. And it's, it's by design. I just think I have never, it's interesting because I don't feel marginalized or in any way, you know, af- negatively affected because of my Judaism, but I really, re- this is the first time I can think of ever that so So many levels of government, so many groups, so many people, so many countries have spoken for me in a way that I could not agree with less and that I I truly don't know whether I I can't go by social media. I mean, there's there's a lot of reasons for that. I don't know how many Jews in America feel the way that I do, um, which is that we do know that Israel is a colonial state, has displaced hundreds of thousands, if not millions of Palestinians since the 40s under what a sensual, basically looking to the uh, creation of the state of Israel, even just looking at that, you'll get a basic idea of, of what the, how the process went, how undemocratic it was, how absolute it was and unquestioning. And, um, and I read something that said basically it, it, Israel would never have been established had the American government and the West taken more seriously what the Nazis were doing in Germany. And literally, it was basically the equivalent of white guilt and overcompensating after the fact because the u.s did not take the concentration camps seriously which we still don't you know except that it's other countries and other groups um and so i i think it was woodrow wilson at the time who basically had to be like yeah no this uh, you know of course jews we love them and like you know basically to make up for ignoring it um and so I still don't know a lot, but I just think like, especially when it comes to Judaism, you're supposed to question things and you're always, you're always supposed to question. It's like one of the central tenets to get to the truth and understanding. And um, nine, I read, I think it was 900 people were, were killed on October 7th in Israel, which is a lot of people. But you, when it comes to matters of, 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 uh, geopolitics and the grand scheme of things I think as cold and heartless as it sounds I think we need to try to separate ourselves emotionally from specifics and I only say that because we're not focusing on specifics when it comes to Palestinians which is has been continuous for decades and well I, and i
0: and it's like we're we're not to not to speak over a jewish person person talking <laughs> about a conflict <laughs> um i think that uh i think we're we like to i mean bottom line and we should all agree on this killing people is wrong like I mean, so you know we're, I all, we're both <laughs> you don't agree <laughs> we're I mean we're saying this with like very much understanding that we're we're talking about a very tricky situation and not at all trying to like justify like well it's okay that these people died because these people also died or these people were murdered because these people were murdered like of course of course and that should go without saying but unfortunately there are still a lot of people who believe that murdering people is okay but you know, the focusing on the specifics. What what I'm gleaning from what you're saying is that it, it's like we see specifics, we see numbers, particularly in this country when it comes to numbers against Israel, and we you we share that without fully understanding what's going on, without maybe realizing. And I'm totally guilty of this too. I mean, this is I'm speaking to myself too. as much as everyone else. Um, but we see a number. Or, or a specific something that we can target and pinpoint and use that as our um, our like argument that we put out there on, on social media, for example, or what we're telling people. Like, this is why you should feel the way that I'm feeling because I right. saw this number that goes with the narrative that I've created or the narrative that I've been told. And so, you know, using specifics in our case, talking about the number of Israels who've been murdered is Israelis, sorry, who have been murdered for this particular, um, you know, specific conflict that's going on and and not fully looking into it, not fully understanding what's going on and using that not in not necessarily for our agenda, because a lot of us as individuals don't have agendas the same way that very corrupt um, people in power or corrupt corporations you know their agenda that's obviously much more impactful than than ours but you know the agenda in the sense that it fits our narrative of what we've been told or what we believe or what we learned when we were in school and you said earlier this is this is not necessarily our fault as individuals that we believe maybe things that aren't fully true because this is what we've been told it's I remember, very effective yeah, propaganda exactly because i remember in 10th grade i had such a fantastic history class shout out to Mr. Kilpack if he's listening. He shout out. <laughs> he um went over this the Israel-Palestine conflict um and among other things it was a global history course and it it blew all of our minds because he cho he could have and it was very clear right from the beginning that he could have just gone with some old textbook that what, what some you know school administrative whatever gave, gave him and he could have just given it to us and said all right this is what you're going to learn and had an easier job for himself and instead he chose to talk about things like the Israel-Palestine conflict that's super complicated that goes against what we have what we heard and then at that point a lot of what we knew about that conflict you know at that age would have been Stuff that we've either heard just like with our parents having something on the news or, you know, kind of by osmosis, just stuff that we had learned, but very, very, very much pro Israel. Like, that's of course how we grew Was up. Is this here. in high school or college? This is high school. Oh, and wow. yeah. And so he instead chose to cover multiple, um, very, very complicated conflicts like this and we i remember watching a documentary that i can't remember the name of but i remember watching a documentary about the israel palestine conflict and it focused on the children who grew up there and it interviewed the children and be like how do you feel about this like how do you feel about people from israel and they're like we don't care like we don't i mean whatever like we can all be friends you know they they've they had a very different view than what we had always been told how people should, um, should how how people living over there how they felt and how people should feel about it. And anyways, so that's I just, just yeah one example. That
1: it's so true, and the fact that honestly, it seems crazy to say this, but it's gotten to the point where it's brave for for Jews and non Jews to speak out against Israel. Um, I just. I just want to find, I just had it, but right now, as we speak, so you wouldn't know it, but there are massive protests around the world right now for Palestine. Um, So this is New York City DSA. There's this video. This was posted 25 minutes ago. Jewish Voice for Peace is the group. Terrible sound. Anyway, they're getting arrested. They're showing the NYPD arresting multiple people. And that's just one post from 25 minutes ago from Jewish Voice of Peace, which I highly is my number one source of um one of my only sources of I'll trust them. Like if when they you know that they're on the right side. Uh
0: Well, because they're they are doing basically the opposite of what they're expected to do and what we all assume, those of us who aren't Jewish, what we all assume that how Jewish people feel and the way that we've all been told to believe and stuff. They're doing something different, very different from that and something that's in our the way that our country is set up is very dangerous. And so, you know, they're going to probably be more trustworthy than people who are just going along with what
1: we've all been told. But and here's the thing: they it's not just them, it's the Democrat, the DSA, and it's pretty crazy the way the DSA has been framed, even as much as I thought I was used to the media's misportrayal. Can you say what the DSA is? Oh, sorry, Democratic Socialists of America, um, which. It really, at this point, acts as an organization that is not in favor of the two-party system. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay, one journalist walked back what they said, which is good, but... So, okay, this... on. T- so, today, Israel ordered one million Gazans to evacuate the northern part of the Strip in advance of an Israeli ground invasion set to begin at around 8 p.m. local time. And the UN said that's not possible. You can't get that many people out of the area in that amount of time. And so what the U.S. has co-signed is genocide because these people can't escape before the Israeli ground troops will get there. And I don't know the how much language from the Israeli government is is hyperbolic or intent or, you know, something that they're going to follow through with. But at this point, it looks like any minute, any hour, any minute, you could see an actual real-time genocide of Palestinians. And it's interesting and it shows, I mean, interesting, It, it shows why it's important to talk about things before they happen. And what I've been recalling a lot of over the past few days are, the times in which I've tried to engage people in conversations, not out of the clear blue, but like, if it comes up naturally, something about Palestine or Israel shut down, no one wants to talk about it. You know, it's too touchy. It's too complicated. I don't want to talk about it. But then what happens is it all comes to a head and no one knows what they're talking about by design. And you could say that about most political issues um, you could say it about mass shootings, where when there's a mass shooting, people are like, let's not talk about politics right now. These are lives. Like, you know what I mean? Um, this was what I was trying to find. A state, a U.S. State Department memo leaked today. I don't know if you saw this. Um, the Biden administration today forbade the State Department from releasing statements that called for de-escalation or a ceasefire or an, quote-unquote, end to violence slash bloodshed or restoring calm. A White House spokesperson decried congressional progressives' advocacy for a ceasefire as repugnant and disgraceful. And that's from the Biden White House. And if there is... And that leaked today. So, I mean, not that we couldn't have, you know, reached our own conclusion. And luckily, I think we're at a point where there's enough... For lack of a better word, socialists in America or leftists, socialists, which in any other country, you know, center moderate, um, who know well, who know enough to not listen to um, the beating of war drums in the same way people did in two thousand one, um, because. I don't know what I would have done, or like if I, how I would have reacted, had I been, you know, a functioning adult at that time. It, it's still astonishing to me to this day how few people were were saying, "Hold on, take a breath, let's see what the facts are." Um, and in the, I think in the context, and in twenty years or thirty years, when people look back at this, that's it, only then will they see how wrong. And how heinous! I mean, it's it really sounds like um, an overreaction to call it genocide. But Amnesty International called it genocide. Actually, I don't want to name names, but people who have, but groups that have referred to the actions of Israel and the United States in conjunction with this planned attack on Israel um, include Amnesty International, United Nations, um, all credible, allegedly unbiased uh, organizations that aren't beholden financially to the U.S. or Israel.
0: And when you, real quick, when you say this planned attack on Israel... I'm sorry, I'm sorry, on
1: Palestine. So uh, I guess in so many words, Benjamin Netanyahu, who is famously not the greatest guy, said today in no uncertain words that he wants the pal, I mean, he's always said this, like he, and again, it probably wasn't as like newsworthy as other stories at the time. He said it many times. It's always been, you know, in as certain terms as I can say, you know, he's very anti-Palestinian and has made clear that he wants to get them all out of there. And, you know, it it hasn't been said in terms as I want to murder all the Palestinians so that we can have, Gaza and the West Bank. Um, it's, but in my memory, I haven't seen an action or a statement or an incitement of violence that happened today in my entire life. The fact that Benjamin Netanyahu openly said, essentially, with, you know, or including the Israeli. What was it? I keep saying it wrong. Israeli Defense Minister, um, that they basically not basically the Defense Minister called them subhumans. but they got to get rid of these animals. These are people who were there. They are the indigenous people of that land. I mean, it's a very odd. It once you read about it, it's it becomes glaringly clear. But let's be honest, no one is going to read the entire history of um the ways in which world war one and british colonialism gave way to um israel's ultimately i guess genocide at the very least apartheid of palestinians and 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 a lot of things i haven't mentioned a lot of things i haven't mentioned are on purpose because there's been a lot of there's been a blockade for instance where Palestinians have been deprived of water, electricity, food, um, essential human services, you're punished if a con- these countries, if you if you help them out, including and especially right now, they're the Palestinians have been essential essentially. I saw referred multiple times as living in the world's largest open air jail. They ca- have no choice. They are. I don't want to call it self defense, but Hamas at mo- again their elected government, and I'm not saying in any way that they're the, the greatest, but they are the govern the governing party.
0: Well, you're saying that they're not. They're they're not um, the the organization that is currently being like very rapidly spread around as far as decapitating babies out in the street. Like they're not, they're not the right. terrorist organization that we are currently being told on social media. That, so yeah. Is that what you're saying? Reason.
1: Yeah. Yes. Um, and by the way, calling them terrorists and referring to them as terrorists as I, I think I said before, is on purpose because of the implications it has for what's quote unquote legal under international law. So I mean in a for instance, in America, domestic terrorism and foreign and foreign terrorism laws allow an extra level of you know evidenceless, cruel and you know on un- unaccountable um maltreatment and imprisonment and murder of a certain group or a certain person because they fall under the definition, honestly, from the Patriot Act, um, I think it was 2003, either way, that because of this special threat these people serve, it, you know, it's the basis for Guantanamo. Like, they don't get to have due process. They don't get to ask. There's no questions. You can't do that they're terrorists under the law. And so I think also in a less formal way, referring to them as terrorists obviously makes it easier for Americans and Westerners in general to square in their head why it's okay to hate these people. Uh, But even at the basis level, and it really all comes down to this, um, I would never want to be equated with the actions of the U.S. government, like, in any way, in uh, probably in all of my life. I don't think anything the U.S. government has done represents what I actually believe, um, especially foreign policy wise. But I definitely understand. And by the way, you know, that's how terrorist groups often form, because in reaction to Either American or other Western forces unjustly coming to their country and taking away their rights. Um, and I really wish um, more people would think about Israelis and Palestinian people um, and American people, because in the end, you know, and I'm starting to see headlines like Israelis very pissed at Benjamin Netanyahu blah, 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 like the way certain countries are categorized, um, often lumps in the population with the leader's choices. And I think what we're starting to realize in this country is that the system is set up so that what people actually want is not what they get. Um, but they are made to believe that it is. So I, I just think, um, the yes, there's, you know, people fighting about, yeah, I understand that, Palestine, you know, Israel is not great to Palestine, but look at all these people who died. I think the problem with that is no one's saying that the rest of the year, the rest of, you know, yeah. for a decade or so about Palestinians, which, you know, there is, you know, there was even one site that I found 972 mag or something like that that I I looked into I just wanted to know you know how legit it was and media bias or, or that website it said it's highly factual highly reliable but slightly left of center so take it for what you will but they are a Palestinian and Israeli funded organization I mean it's English but a journal that online has been and i can't believe i'm i i just found it today um but has been covering all of this if this were more a part of the news i mean it, you know you could say this about any issue and it's impossible to keep up with everything but i think um well people use it
0: again as, not as an evil agenda like they're trying to you know take people down or exploit people intentionally but it's kind of like When something happens and people just say my thoughts and prayers, but then don't Mm -hmm. ever like do anything beyond that other than like making sure that people on social media know that they care about that situation for the moment. Um, And then and things are just trendy. And I think that there have been there have been so many things even before social media. I remember like when I would hear about some type of like big conflict or something that would happen event that would happen it was like everybody was talking about then i'm like but this is like still happening or this happens all over the place like why is it right and so it's like why are we why are we so obsessed with caring about like the trendy um disaster and massacre that's popping up and we're we're not willing to actually like you said stop and take a breath and rethink it a little bit and wait for more information it's you know it's so and it, and this has happened before social media i mean i think that you know 911 is a great example unfortunately not great but you know what i mean no, a, it's a perfect example it's a honestly. quintessential example of even before social media and social media just has made this even more rapid but the response the way that everybody reacted to it not that we don't want people to die. We don't want, like, the buildings to fall down. Nobody wants that. But the response, the, like, the very, very intense reactive response without taking a, a, a beat to just be like, okay, I, I need to just wait before I react and say things. Um it's this has I feel like this has probably always happened. And then social media and the Internet in general just makes it like exponentially more intense just because everything can spread literally immediately. And so so what you're saying, you know, to kind of sum up um, one of the concepts that you're talking about is that, that, you know, don't anytime you see some type of post or something in the news that's like giving this really, really intense, dramatic example of what's going on as particularly if there isn't video evidence of it um and even if there is look at who who's sharing that video you know where's it coming from and um but to to just stop and take a breath and it's really hard to do because because it, it, all of this does cause a very visceral reaction to people and it should because it's people you know getting hurt and being murdered and very bad things are happening but this this is an ongoing conflict this isn't the only time that something like this has happened it's all of a sudden like you said coming to a head but we don't know we don't even know what's going on or or one of the heads maybe
1: well i would say it's the most israelis that have been killed and i think the reason it is so is because a lot of americans know people in israel i mean or at least in new york where i am like in the people i follow um i don't I mean, I, you know, I know of people in Israel, but it I, I do see how it, in this scenario, became more, uh, more fired, people got more fired up because they personally either knew people or know people who know people, but it's not an excuse. And in fact, and, and while I don't blame them for reacting emotionally I do blame the media and the government for letting it get to this point where if if we don't stop this, and I'm talking within the next few hours, like, I don't, again, it sounds cataclysmic, but what happened is that Israel is calling for, basically, they're telling Palestinians, get out within the next few hours um, or you'll die. And the fact that it's impossible for all of them to get out means that they will die. And um, it's the U.S. government who's making this happen as we speak, who is like, and the fact that a a democratic, I mean, at this point, it, it seems even ridiculous to have to say, but these, our two political parties are not different. They both will in a second fund, defense weapons to Israel. Well, in a second, send billions of dollars a year um, to unilaterally attack an unarmed indigenous nation. Um, the fact that they advise the State Department do not call for de-escalation, I, I just, I, I and and for this to happen, in what appears to be in the name of, of at least partially preventing and fighting against anti-Semitism, will never leave me. I think it's disgusting. I think it's um, a vi. I feel I feel like personally violated. I mean, I in this country have never felt represented in that. You know, I, I don't know where everyone was when the abortion ruling came down, but in Judaism. Um, we don't care about abortion. We don't, you know, and it's like, where were all the Jews then? You know, where was Chuck were then? Where were all the protests then? Th- those were times where actually I did feel my Judaism was being infringed upon and it was by my own government. Um, and the the fact that um, innocent people are might lose their lives and are losing their lives in the name, at least in part of my own, defense or rather the illusion of anti-Semitism as, you know, being equivalent to anti-Zionism or anti-Israeli, anti-Israel is really, it makes my stomach drop. And I think, and it's like, what do I even, you know, what do I even do with that other than... And
0: and they're using people in general, governments, corporations, the media, people are using they're uh it's like they're weaponizing yes Their are non-antisemitism you know what i mean yes. like they're yes. they're like using no we can't be anti-semitic as as a you know a way to kind of build themselves up and give them and also to
1: prevent conversation
0: right and to 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 put off some type of image of what their beliefs are and the the right way the quote unquote the correct way to treat people or to live or the correct beliefs to have and so they're weaponizing the way that they can say that they feel about Jewish people and i th- and this is very true for not just people talking about Jewish people but like I think that this is very true for just racism in general or homophobia or misogyny. Like there's just a lot of ways that people do this. They weaponize that like do good type of image that they can put out there either not. I think some people don't realize that that's very exploitative and that's not a, that, you know, how it would make somebody feel, which you're telling us how it's making you feel as a Jewish person but then I think that there are people who, of course, intentionally they don't give a shit. They're gonna they're gonna say something like that. Whatever's gonna whatever they can weaponize for their own agenda, they're gonna do it. But I think that there's a lot of people going back to the my thoughts and prayers to to whatever their whatever's happening, and it's like, well, that's that's not doing anything, and. Y- and why also, do you have to say that right there there's there's so much of that that's constantly going on, but this is a viral thing right now, and this is all over social media or the news, and so you get to put that image out there. you get to exploit that, oh, I care about right. you know gun violence or whatever just because there's a a shooting that's that's viral right now.
1: everyone replaced their Ukraine flag with the Israeli flag, yeah, yeah. And so like, I would love to ask any of these people, tell me something. What's your, why, what's your basis for this Israel yeah. picture right here? Tell yeah. me, why do you feel this way? Like, and to be honest, most people would say it's cause I'm, you know, I'm Jewish and like, it's in my DNA, you know, which I have to say Zionism as a term and, and groups like the anti-defamation league and APAC, which I do want to say before I forget, um, they used to be something else. They used to genuinely be non-corrupt organizations that actually were looking to mitigate hate and stuff like that. The ADL, especially, I I need to say, has in the past few years, kind of, it, it has been reported on, um, but I didn't really know this until Trump, the Trump era when you know it became convenient to, I guess call out the ADL for certain things. Um, they are a, at this point, an explicitly and solely pro-Israel group. And to see all of these, and you know, it sounds so lofty, the Anti-Defamation League, with you know, and and I see all of these posts like about supporting them and and donating to them and stuff, and the ADL has massive political sway in america and it i guess those are two separate things one being you know a humanitarian aid at this point it, like i hate to say it but it's there's there's about three groups you can really trust um i do follow a lot of like you were saying before there there are accounts with video footage and just because i have followed stuff like this for a while. I already was following a lot of Palestinians on um, Instagram, activists. So I do see a lot of like actual footage and um, on the ground. I mean, even, I have to say, even seeing the NYPD and just now arresting Jews for advocating for Palestine... Literally just protesting outside of Chuck Schumer's office, a Jew himself, for shame, for support, for helping commit this genocide against Palestinians. These people are getting arrested. You know, these Jewish people. Like, I mean, and actually, these people who are protesting, it's not multiple groups came together to organize this. It's not just Jews, you know, it's um, progressive groups. Um, So, from that to the seeing like, reliable as far as I can tell for the past few years videos and footage of the way Israel has been encroaching and ridding themselves of Palestinians is really really unsettling um and there's a reason for instance at the beginning of COVID or I'll make it even more relevant in the Holocaust the reason the administration at the time you know, I think it was Woodrow Wilson, but I know that it was at least Supreme Court Justice Frankfurter, who is a Jew himself, who refused to spread a message from someone. I think, I forgot their names, but there were two reporters who were in the concentration camps and came back to warn them. They said, there's no way we can say this. It's too crazy. And you know, who knows how many millions of lives could have been saved, but- I forgot where I was going with that point. Oh, it was so good. Oh, oh, oh! <laughs> it was because it was because footage and actual facts. You can't. It, it it really will, lend itself to turning people against the government. And it was the same with COVID. I remember an article I saw that Trump banned, cameras from inside, um, hospitals and, stuff like that at the beginning. Um, I I don't know if it was like. Absolutely stated for the reason that people didn't witness it, but it's because seeing it will cancel out any other preconceptions. So when the Holocaust started, Americans didn't know. Like they didn't it, the newspapers weren't printing about it by design, it, you know, until it was time. But um
0: well it's just like Juneteenth. The reason why Juneteenth yes. is even a thing is because there was what, two years before was it two or four years? before um, every enslaved person was actually told that they didn't need to be a yes. slave anymore. Which and, I didn't know about until two years ago. Yep. And that so that's another example, a multi-layered example of how we never, I never learned that growing up. Of course not. I learned that recently. and And also how, you know, anybody who knows that fact now and actually takes the time to think about it, not just saying the trendy thing of like, oh, happy Juneteenth. I love people of color, but then never like yeah. do never, never, you know, actually supporting their right to exist the same way that white people are allowed to exist. And anyway, so, you know, there's that. But but it's. The f- if you stop and actually think about that, that's insane. That is so disgusting yeah. and insane. The fact that that happened, and we have an example that now we get to celebrate Juneteenth, and I laugh when I say that because again, the fact like, that it's even a
1: holiday is, is ridiculous. Well, right
0: and and turning it into a holiday. I'm I am not a person of color, so you would definitely like somebody who is a person of color or much more closely, yeah. you know, attach this could have a very different opinion for me but i feel like it's kind of um it's like a cold flat way to acknowledge um, it's like a band-aid sorry right because it's like that's there should be acknowledgement of the fact that 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 disgusting atrocity happened which Mm -hmm. is the fact that juneteenth exists you know but what what else is being done in order to you know try to fix those sorts yeah. of problems from continuing to occur or make reparations where reparations are due. So, you know, that's that's another example of how, you know, we're we're saying a, a lot of things right now that are like, you know, conspiracy things against the government. It's it's not yes. about that. It's yes. about it's but it's about just stopping and thinking about where the information's coming from and if you're not seeing evidence if you're being told something and you're not seeing evidence you're not hearing anything from another side or another perspective why is that just stop it, just even stopping to think about why am i not being shown another perspective on this or if you know if i look at who is telling me this information be it people celebrities the media news outlets Met high profile, you know, newspapers and magazines, whatever. It, if I stop and look into, you know, who supports them, who funds them, what is their agenda if they have one, where are they getting that information? If you stop and, and look into that, you'll probably find that there's different information out there that is going against what you're being told. And that's an, a normal, good, healthy, natural thing to do is question what you're being told. Not in a way where you are distrusting everyone, although we, you know, with all that we're talking about right now, of course, we all have lots of reasons to distrust the people who are telling us things for this conflict or about this conflict. But in your life in general, this does not mean be distrusting of everyone and no matter what they say, but just stop and take a breath and just look into it a little bit. Or, ask somebody who might know a little bit more or ask to get another perspective on it. Like that's, that's a good thing to do. And we're not taught to do that. And we, we need to teach ourselves how to do that.
1: But I think it's also like, and Trump kind of brought this about that we're getting better at like mobilizing quickly around a fake news story or something like that, or like knowing where to look for, you know, potentially misleading information. Um, But what i do think is that um if when it comes down to it if you it it really is um i think it's important and this is like uh, i said i wasn't going to do this but my personal overall political position is one where I want a society where all oppressed groups have each other's backs, which is what more or less socialism is about. And it's it, and I was in it's so disheartening because this happened right while I was getting very hopeful about all of the strikes happening for instance and all the solidarity from other countries like about how the UAW strike had you know people, striking in solidarity in Germany and I think it was uh, Brazil but get coming together as a people because it is the only way that whatever type of government we have the type of the type of government worldwide we have right now and you are very correct in saying it all sounds so conspiratorial until it's saturated enough to become common sense and believable but there is an international governing coalition who controls the system and I what I try to do is connect for instance and I'm seeing this more and more organically happen for instance I'll, you know some black, commentators and activists have been the most outspoken for Palestine that I've seen. And I think in this case, it, it there's a, you see the government and you see the media trying to fight back saying, no, no, don't do that. You're not like them. While there's a, I see a lot of resistance from sources that are not official, but are people on the ground, are people who fr- are from, you know, media sites that are constantly being taken down for whatever reason. Um, and I'll send you links because I do think it's important to just like, it, not that I, I, not that it's like, oh, people need to like go to school and educate themselves. But I think there's a turning point in a lot of, in a lot of, um, Societies, or in within groups of people, and within ourselves, where once you start questioning one thing, you see everything else, and you see like we got it. Who is this serving? And you know, I mean, it's almost blatant. Like I saw a headline like Northrop Grumman and the you know Raytheon have best week ever or something like that. Like, okay, that's that should cause some red flags. Like, good, like you know who the defense weapon industry is is really excited right now who benefits and you know i think more individual thinking um and like making personal decisions with what's presented in front of us especially when it comes to i hate to say it jews who i and again i i don't cast blame what i cast blame for is seeing and and learning something that should reasonably make you question the way you view a situation um but choosing to ignore that and and going along with however you've always thought about something but um i'm i'm very surprised that i'm honestly like very surprised at at the i mean people who i consider idols who are jewish who jumped immediately on the bandwagon of you know let's we got to get back at the Palestinians. They suck. Um, and it's like really nothing here, nothing that's happened has made you think maybe, uh, this isn't about Jews or Muslims. Um, and I think that also the secularization of Americans in, in, is like, basically the younger generations are less likely to affiliate with religion. makes them enter life with a, with a more clean slate of, you know, a view of what's happening. Um, and it's, I, like, I hate to say it, but until the old, like, I haven't spoken about this with my parents, for instance. I think it's a very entrenched way of seeing the world that I'm not sure at this point they, they can alter in their own minds they're not stupid, but I, and I don't know, you know, the psychological reasons for it, whatever, but I see that regardless of country, I see that regardless of group of people, that the younger generations, I mean, the, I have to say my experience on Instagram, AKA the only social media outlet I use has been really good. Like it's aggravating to doom scroll and see the bad posts, but I have, um, I mean, the amount of like people having each other's backs and like calling out, you know, biased stuff and calling for solidarity amongst all humans and and stuff like that has been really prevalent. And the overall vibe that I'm getting and as and and I think what goes along with that is the opposite reaction from you know, the government or the media, which is to go, to double down on the left sucks, you know? Um, And I don't know. I just, it feels, I have to say, it feels like 2014 when a similar situation happened um, and people were posting all over, blah, blah, blah. Needless to say, there hasn't been an ongoing discussion for 10 years. Um, But I, I hope that like, it's not just a thoughts and prayer situation. And To to this minute, I'm learning more. Like, I, no one, we don't know so much. And I just think, like, you know, while the American propaganda system is so, is, like, admirably effective, it is so admirably effective that they set up an education system that you need to teach in order to pass a certain exam to get into college, you know, you can't, like, which is why that story about your history teacher, shout out, is so abnormal to me and crazy because you teach for the test is like what they used to say. Well, and you know, you
0: know what he did? It was brilliant. And I actually went to a high school that had a lot of really good teachers who did things like this, but he was, he was special. And so he wrote on the first day of class, wrote the state, like, um, whatever it is, the state testing requirement that you're that the students have to meet like students must be able to demonstrate that they can um apply this concept whatever and he wrote the concepts on the board and said this is what you need to demonstrate to me you can write about whatever you want in order to tell me that you understand this concept and we were all like what because school is designed for us to just listen along to follow along to do what we're told and in some ways we need that like of course you need structure and you need to be taught things but we had never been given so much freedom to actually apply our knowledge in a way that makes the most sense to us because everybody's going to have we're all different. Everybody's going to have a different um you know passion whatever that they're experiencing when they're learning something in school and so we'd never been given so much freedom to be able to just like apply that to you know meet the criteria but demonstrate it in a way that makes the most sense to us and we were like oh my goodness we've never been given so much freedom before and it it was brilliant to do that
1: and like I've never honestly cared about I, like I admire you for caring about your learnings and your college classes but you say like poli sci which was my major I didn't do any st- college I picked poli sci because it was easy like I didn't care about it I didn't learn about it I you know and the same thing in high school was this very specific, um, almost to the to the point where teachers would tell you the exact sentences to write on standardized tests, so that, I mean, ultimately the motive was to keep the school in high standing in ratings, um, for you know for high school. But it's so. So for me, I didn't even question it in college, I, you know, because I wasn't paying attention and everything was fine. It's an incredibly effective and impressive system of propaganda. And I have to say that there's a lot of a lot of interesting articles I've been seeing about comparisons to the U.S. empire with the Nazi empire with the way how it's eerily similar. Eerily. It's the, and I guess the bottom line is that based on everything that I know, take it for a grain of salt, I'm one person, but Israel since nineteen forty eight, with the from day one, with the assistance of the United States, has sought to remove the Palestinians, aka the indigenous people from their homeland, forcefully and in what might happen in a few hours. Knock on wood, I hope nothing happens, or rather, nothing t- to the extent of genocide. But I think we should really, while we should make decisions for ourselves, I-, I would want people to think about the services we don't have in America, why it is that we are living paycheck to paycheck, and why we don't have health care, why we can't get abortions, why, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then, what maybe we haven't connected the two before but as an aside look at what's in the defense in the government's budget what we're spending money on and once you do that you see most of it's going to Israel and then if you then make the next leap which is why what are they doing with that you know i would just i would just urge people to rethink what they assume and I can't even say that everything I've said today is the same way I'll look at it tomorrow or the next day with more information, but that's the point, you know? Um, it's really disconcerting, but once, once you face the fact that we don't live in the incredibly free democracy we have been taught we do, um, it's incredibly empowering and freeing to kind of understand how the world functions and our role in it I, it's so it's alarming at first that and you know a lot of people don't want to face it consciously or otherwise but
0: well and and yeah i think um i think it's important to note that because there, there, there are so many people who have the luxury of saying, well, I just don't want to talk about politics or I don't like to be interested in politics or I don't, it makes me uncomfortable. I don't want to talk about it. That is a very big luxury, by the way, white woman who I'm inevitably talking to who is saying that. Yeah. Because there are a lot of people who their lives actually depend on what's happening in the government. And so it's it, – and also further – it's completely unavoidable. And one of my favorite books, which I shout out all the time and I tell everybody about it, whether they want to hear me talk about it or not, it's called seeking food rights, Nash, uh, nation inequality and repression in Uzbekistan by Nancy Rosenberger. Excuse me. And I had to read it for school. I mean, I say had to, as if I didn't want to, it was one of our assigned readings in, um, in one of my anthropology classes and, it is such a fascinating read. It's a quick read, relatively speaking. Um, and it's about how <clears throat> she goes to Uzbekistan to study politics and finds out immediately that she's not allowed to talk about politics. Because the way that at this time the government was set up, was you could get in very, very, very big trouble if you talk about politics. So she started studying food and found out that she could essentially write an entire book about... Um- food and have that be about politics. And she was able to talk with all of these people not about politics because they would get in trouble, but about food in all forms and how food is made, how it's distributed, who has access to what, how they can cook it, all of the things that you can think about with food. She was able to solely talk about food with, you know, a number of people and get a very good idea of how the politics are structured in the country. And so I love using that as an example because I think it's a perfect example of how mm-hmm. if you think that politi- you can stay out of politics or that you don't like to talk about it so you can just avoid it, you're living in it constantly. And right. getting to not talk about it is a total luxury that many, many, many millions, billions of people don't have. Um, and that it's, it's not actually avoidable in the way that you think it is. You're just fortunate enough to not have politics feel like it's directly, negatively impacting your day-to-day life. You, you feel if, that it's yeah. not.
1: Right. And it's more, it's also that, um, especially me, up until, you know, a couple of years ago, it didn't affect me personally. But what I didn't realize was that I wasn't living in the perfect democracy seeking, you know, country that goes around the world and promotes love and kindness and democracy. Like in, in the back of my head, I thought they they got this. This is a democracy. The US knows what's best and that I didn't need to be like constantly attuned to what we were doing abroad or, you know, mm. but it and it's also um the timing of it it's not like you know a lot of people fight about politics um for reasons other than furthering justice I saw I also saw like a lot of good posts about not posting like yeah but uh, you know like you don't need to have a take and um I mean in this case I in my Bones in my blood feel like I do need to have it take because I don't want to be misrepresented. But it, it, it sh- it's a case study and how quickly um, things can spiral out of control when all you know is the one narrative you've been used to. Yeah. And um, the fact that this is grounded in in, in at least in some measure. From an avoidance about wanting to talk about Judaism and anti Semitism, which even as a Jew, I still feel like Ooh, that's too weird to bring up because no <laughs> one, you know, it's too touchy. When in actuality, it's not like mm-hmm. I, I just, you know, I, I don't know of yet any major Jewish politicians who have said, you know, I'm Jewish and I don't want us to kill all the Palestinians. Um, and I think. That's very unfortunate, but um, I think if we remember that it's designed so that we don't want to talk about politics. I mean, I think I want the name of that book again after because I think that's so interesting um, that there's a reason, you know, I mean, that could easily be here. Mm
0: -hmm. What's
1: happening in Times Square right now is people are getting arrested and beaten. Sorry, I don't want to say beaten. I didn't see video of it but at least arrested actively by the NYPD for for exercising their right to talk about politics. So it's like, this is happening here too. It's devastating that that's not going to be, that video is not going to be on NBC or something. Yeah, I mean, listen, my one takeaway is we gotta have each other's backs because in the end we are, the governments are not the people. We don't even really elect our government um, as we're now starting to see. And the only way to fight back against these incredibly powerful entities who have, acts, you know, who have control of, again, it sounds conspiratorial, of the media, of of the education system, but the only way to fight back against that is to stay I guess in the, in the headspace of most humans are good. Like it, it, and the media and the government use emotional play to emotions and, and biases and, and prejudices um, and confirmation biases to, to continue to plunder the earth for their own, you know, capitalist purposes. I think we need to remember we need to have people's backs and people meaning citizens. We don't elect our government officials as much as we would like to believe we do. It's the same around the world. We stand with Palestinian citizens. But again, in this in this case, governments are not people. People, I think, at birth are good and open and, you know, un, unsullied. And that... The more we have the backs of other oppressed groups, the more power we'll have to fight back against our governments and and the international governing system. Um, and we're not going to be able to do that with posting flags and you know counting deaths, comparing death counts. You know. Well, thank you, Steph, for taking
0: two hours of your time to talk about something that's not super fun um and i think that there's gonna have to be more and more conversations about this um to hopefully help even a few people understand a little bit better about what's going on but but more importantly how to critically think about what's being presented to them which is the whole point of you know me releasing this podcast episode is not because I have a gigantic platform or anything like that be cool if I did but you know to hopefully help at least a few people just take in some information about this conflict and the many many others unfortunately that we're all faced with and
1: I think we all have a lot of different perspectives and experiences and that we all can learn from every other single person in this in this world yeah, because I like the specific things that we experience and come across are singular or relatively singular to our own situation. Like you, you have provided context to a lot of things that I ha- had never known about, and I just think having um, being on some kind of record or if if it ever you know this is there used to be this like setup outside in Manhattan outside of the courthouse, uh, it was like storytelling thing. It was like a storytelling booth that was there for years where you just, I never went inside, but you basically just like talk about your experience in life, whatever. And I don't know where what that led to, but um, I think it's important to hear um, not a snippet of a line from Instagram, but like a more like, and, and this is probably the only instance in which I would ever have, an indi- uh, you know a different uh, that much of a different outlook or experience than um most uh to speak to it in a way that's beneficial and not just parroting the same terms as you know the rest of the world um but i mean what you said about uzbekistan like that's probably gonna even though it was just a line to compare to um will probably like stay with me for the rest of my life you know it's like yeah i so that Israel was almost going to be in Uganda, like where Uganda is now. And it was just a random decision by the UN to say, nah, let's do Israel and, or like Palestine, whatever. And it's just like, stuff like that. You're like, oh, I see, I see mm-hmm. what they've been doing. Um, so yeah, I don't think it's pain or uncomfortable to talk about. I don't, I think it's, like, for instance, in court, you're never supposed to be emotional and you're never supposed to be subjective. So, you know, I hope I was as as, as fact-based, but also with a, with a justified sense of urgency and a little, what may seem disrespect to the Israeli people, what is actually an attempt to highlight what the Palestinians have been going through for decades. Um, and I, I, you know, if we all get, too caught up in the throat clearing about like, well, we all know we support living and blah, 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 blah. Uh, and, you know, these posts I'm seeing that's like, it's the same thing as saying all lives matter, um, that we don't lose the, the what's actually happening under the platitudes.
0: Right yeah okay well we boiled everything down right to that so thank i think you. we
1: solved the middle east crisis i think we did i honest. think
0: that the government should just listen to this one podcast episode and i think everything will be honestly solved um but yes thank you again for your time steph and
1: Thank you for um, giving me my platform. Yeah, you're welcome. To monologize.
0: All right. Hopefully um, at least like two people listen to this. That would be cool. Um, okay. Well, well I'm sure... I, won't.
1: I don't like listening to my own voice.
0: Okay. So it won't be us too. All right. Well, thanks. And I'm sure that we'll talk again soon.